0: Welcome to the Practical Ascension Podcast. I'm your host and soul alchemist, Tracy Goody. Stay with me for practical guidance and flow for your modern life through this time of ascension. Today on the Practical Ascension Podcast, I am joined by Janine Wirth from Path to Healing Therapy and Coaching. Janine is on a mission to free women from the burden of unresolved trauma without spending years in therapy. As the CEO of Path to Healing Therapy and Coaching and the creator of groundbreaking programs Freedom from Trauma and PSD and Banish Binge Eating, Janine applies the same techniques that healed her own traumatic experiences to help women from around the globe overcome their painful past in just 12 weeks. Janine is a licensed psychotherapist, clinical hypnotherapist, and life coach using an innovative, New modality that radically transforms people's lives by harnessing the power of their subconscious. Oh, This is the stuff that I love. So thank you so much for joining me today, Janine.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it's it's my pleasure to have you. I'm so excited to hear your wisdom around this topic, which is so important, and especially for um, women right now where all of this stuff is kind of just coming up to the surface and we're being forced to deal with these things because there's there's nowhere to hide from them anymore. Um, I really will appreciate your insight here on this. So I know that a lot of our listeners do struggle with pro- unprocessed trauma and PSD, so I Again, I'm really excited to hear this stuff. What are some of the ways that you see past trauma manifest in clients' lives?
1: So with business entrepreneurs particularly, I notice that a lot of them have visibility issues. Mm. A lot of them have procrastination or lack of motivation issues. Money mindset, so blocks mm. around um, not having very strong boundaries, yes. <laughs> both with, uh, in their personal life and with their clients and in their businesses, and then one that kept on coming up that about 85% of my clients had, whether they were entrepreneurs or not, is disordered eating and particularly mm-hmm. binge eating, which is a self-soothing coping mechanisms. So some people use alcohol or drugs or, you know, gambling and
0: some people use food. Mm, I see a lot of entrepreneurs do that, especially as they start to become more visible and start to make more money. I do notice that happens a lot. <laughs>
1: Yes, because they have the the emotional baggage that they haven't Mm. dealt with and a lot of people don't really make that connection between their issues and unresolved trauma because what I found is that a lot of people don't really understand trauma. Mm. You have the newsworthy trauma and then you have what I call non-newsworthy trauma. And especially with the non-newsworthy trauma, that the enoughness issues, self-esteem, not feeling good enough, all of those that the people don't make that connection and don't realize that it's literally holding them back in their businesses.
0: I believe it and you know what that's been the case for me. Um, I can really resonate with what you're talking about there the non-newsworthy trauma because I remember especially I've gone through years and years of self-worth, uh, a lot of lot of progress and growth and all of that but what kind of bothered me when I was looking at it is the you know, nothing bad has ever really happened to me, I've had a good life, so it really took um, some time to kind of dive in and see what my body considered trauma is not something that I would perceive as trauma previously, does that make sense?
1: It makes perfect sense and I noticed this, um, especially in my support group, a lot of women would say, well, in the beginning I didn't even really know if I should join because it's not as bad as, yes, Yes. Yeah. And then they start comparing it, because that's what we've been taught to do in society is to compare ourselves to everything, even in the stuff that's not so nice and pretty. Mm-hmm. And think, well, um, you know, my parents weren't emotionally available for me, but it's not as bad as being raped.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, that's that's basically where I was at too, where it was it was almost guilt for being like, Well, who am I to think that I, I have issues if If nothing, you know, huge happened to me.
1: Exactly. And that's Mm -hmm. what I see a lot. So for me, it's been quite this mission to re-educate people on what trauma is and how the mind processes trauma and get them to actually validate themselves and things that have happened to them, whether it's newsworthy or non-newsworthy trauma. Mm.
0: I believe it. And I know that like how it felt in my own energy um, was more like, again, it's not like I'm walking along and there's one huge event, but it's like this bird has been swooping in my whole life kind of pecking away at me <laughs> just because I, I have kind of like that sensitive, um, that sensitive energy. So it kind of just pecked away, pecked away, pecked away. So it was, um, yeah, it was a little bit more complicated to release um, because it wasn't one big thing. It took a lot of going within to define uh, to that. And I mean, it's still a journey. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention too is whenever you're talking about the different ways, um, the visibility and uh, the boundaries, and all of and the procrastination too, I think it's a really important thing for those of our listeners that are business owners, which I know a large portion of them are, um, to really understand that this trauma. Is, a, is affecting or could be affecting those areas because I find a lot of them will just be like kind of in that energy of, well, what's wrong with me? I, I can't get things moving. I can't get things going. And then just kind of like um, build upon, the, build upon their, their own issues in their mind by feeling like there's something wrong with them that they can't get moving, but not connecting it to trauma.
1: Exactly. And then it basically just gets worse mm. because they are now adding fuel to the fire,
0: Absolutely, Uh, And, and, and
1: yeah, it spirals. Yes, and starting to compare themselves to other people without knowing what's going on in the background. I always say it's like when your mind is trying to process something, an issue that you have, you can compare it to a song that keeps on playing over and over in the background, and that takes a lot of your mental energy Mm. That's why a lot of people have fatigue or they have this feeling of not being motivated and they procrastinate. But once you've dealt with that, immediately you have this huge shift in energy where all of a sudden you, you're you getting up before your alarm goes off, you're getting so much done in a day because you are claiming back so much of your mental energy and being able to use it more effectively instead of your mind being busy with this little project in the back there all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. I, like, I like that visual a lot because it makes a lot of sense. And I know I feel the difference between, you know, the heaviness whenever you are in, in that state and then the lightness of whenever you're kind of free from it. And it's almost as though you don't notice um, that you're holding all this tension and this heaviness until it's gone. And then it's just like, oh, I can breathe. That feels a lot better. <laughs> That is what 99% of my yeah. say. say. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I totally believe it. Because, yeah, it's not, it's not something that is just like, I know this is holding me back. It's something just like you can just feel that it's there. Yes. Yeah. So you talked about it a little bit, and you were telling about the different points where, um, where unprocessed trauma and PTSD can be affecting you. Is there anything specific about how it could be affecting your business?
1: Well, the thing is, a lot of people, uh, specifically entrepreneurs, know what they're supposed to be doing and they know how they're supposed to be doing it. But say now, for instance, you're trying to get your business and your own brand better known and out there. If you, for instance, have a belief that it's not safe to be visible, then you're going to start sabotaging yourself and you will not go after
0: opportunities that
1: make you visible.
0: Hmm. You know, you'll it, probably be asking yourself, why am I not doing that? <laughs> yes.
1: Or you will, tr- you will try and make the effort to do it, but then right at the last minute will end up sabotaging, sabotaging yourself so that you can say, well, I tried and it didn't work out. Kind hmm.
0: of. Yeah, and providing more evidence for your brain that, see, I shouldn't be doing that.
1: Exactly, and building on that belief, whatever it is, that, you know, you're not good enough and that you're different to everybody else and you can't do it, that you're an imposter. You know, there's so many things there that play around in people's minds and the whole function of that is to try and keep you safe and to try and reinforce this negative belief that you've picked up somewhere in your childhood or in the past, Mm -hmm. making it true for you.
0: That's so interesting. Oh, it's, it's such an important topic too that I really, I really encourage our listeners to really feel into this and feel how it applies to you as well. So I'd love to hear more about how you work with women to heal this trauma.
1: All right, so when clients come to me, if they know that they have had newsworthy kind of Mm -hmm. trauma, so they know that either they've been abused or attacked or something like that, or maybe been in a relationship that was violent, they will come to me and they'll say, this happened to me and I need to deal with it, and very often I'm the first person that they tell their story to, so they know that something happened to them, but they haven't really had the opportunity to process it. Then the other half will come to me with their secondary symptoms, uh, because their trauma is not news-related really, trauma. So that will now be the binge eating, the visibility issues, money mindset, things like that. And the first question that I always ask is, um, when I do the intake, have you experienced trauma that you know of? Mm-hmm. And then when the women who have had non-newsworthy trauma tell me about their childhood and the history, then I can start seeing, okay, parents were emotionally unavailable, uh, they were constantly compared to a sibling and made to feel yeah. not good, things like that. So I already know where that's going. And then I ask them, if I could fix one thing for you today, would that, what would that be? to find out what is their pain point, Mm -hmm. because they usually have a cluster of symptoms, but we want to find out what is bothering them the most. And then I use a technique that takes about two hours for a session where I use regression hypnosis and combine it with parts of traditional therapy. So a two-hour session is the equivalent of about 10 um, CBT sessions, I believe it. And I love using that because there's no guesswork involved. We're basically dialoguing directly with the subconscious mind. Whereas talk therapy, you know, we talk about something, then we ask questions, and then they're guessing. Well, I think it could be that, Mm -hmm. and feel like that. Where with this, we are going to specific events, that the subconscious mind is holding on to. And then we can release that so the client has immediate relief.
0: This is where your combination of your training, your your psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, and life coaching is really coming together and creating some powerful transformation.
1: Yes, because yeah. I'm dealing with the issues from the past mm. and then helping the client move forward in their business because I have almost two decades Of sales, corporate management, and marketing experience. Oh, even better! (laughs) It's like it all came together perfectly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's I, I love that. What a powerful combination! And I could see too how that can just two hours of that can provide so much clarity, so much healing.
1: Yes, and then I give them a bespoke. Um, hypnosis audio that they will listen to for the next twenty one days as a minimum, they can listen to it longer. That's dealing with whatever came up in their session, because I don't know what that's going to be. Mm. but when done the session and know that they get one where we are now basically building new neural pathways in their mm-hmm. brain with all the new habits and beliefs that they want.
0: Because that's an important aspect of it, too. Like, going in and doing a powerful, you know, transformation session is important, but it's the after work, too, that really pulls it into your life, and that's what creates the real change, I believe.
1: Exactly. So, I had a client recently um, where she had had some trauma, and she said to me, well, I've got this huge following online, 5,000 followers, a group with 5,000 followers making no money in her business. Mm-hmm. So we did one session with her. I did one coaching thing, um, call with her in week four after she had listened to her audio for 21 days and given her some business advice. And within 10 days, she had made more money than what she had in the last six months of her business.
0: <laughs> it's, it's so crazy, though, but like I, I love seeing that and I love hearing these stories of these these like really tangible results that come about and i find that it surprises the client and it even surprises like me when i see my clients getting getting results like that because it's it's just like i understand how this works i understand you're creating these new beliefs and how you're attracting it and how your energy is opening up and you're not protecting or sabotaging yourself anymore but still when you see it happen it's just it's it's so much fun and it's it's so exciting
1: it's amazing and that's the part that I love about the, my career the most is seeing that, it's like, here's the before, and then here's the after, getting those messages, you know, saying, you're a magician, how did you mm. do that? <laughs> it's like, actually, it's all based in science, but a little bit of magic is great.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, this is the thing, too, there's there's a lot of the parts of the science that, that's just catching up to it, like now and, and just recently, too, so it is kind of still magic, right? <laughs>
1: yes, well, the results are magic, so. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, that sounds so powerful. So now those of our listeners who are really resonating with this topic, what one piece of advice would you give them to start or continue this road to healing?
1: Well, I believe that inner child work is really, really powerful. Oh, preach. I am so with you on that. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that a lot of people, when they're starting out on their healing journey, they are basically testing the waters, and there's so much information available online that they don't really know where to start. Yeah. So I actually developed a self-study program called Heal Your Inner Child, and that's basically where I tell people that's a good starting point because yeah. regardless of how – nice your parents were or what wonderful intentions they had at some point somewhere in your childhood whether it's a teacher a bully at school somebody would have said something to you or made you feel that you are not good enough in some way Mm -hmm. that's a very good place to start and then from there because I believe healing is like peeling an onion there are so many layers and this is a good way to start and then move on from there. And you'll be, people that start that journey, they get led. And I believe that you meet your healers when you're ready for them. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's a good place to start and then go into that because a lot of people are scared of doing inner work, you know, especially people that have had newsworthy trauma. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, well, I don't want to be re-traumatized. That's not how the mind works, yeah. you know. Dealing with that and getting it out of your life is going to serve you so much better in the long run. So find support. You don't have to do it alone. There's so many people that have these issues, but we just didn't speak about it in the past.
0: It is. It's, it's, and you do have to have, I, I like the word courage whenever I'm thinking about this stuff because that feels really heart-based to me. It's not about not having the fear to go into these places. It's about kind of having the courage to be like, I know this isn't comfortable for me, but I know going into it is what's going to be highest and best for me. So that's a really important point too. Exactly. I
1: read something very funny today that really made me smile, and it said that, you know, the the term self-development makes it sound like it's going to be so much fun, but <laughs> if I said, you know, the truth that it's making yourself so uncomfortable that you feel like you're dying, nobody would do it and we'd all be screwed.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I completely agree with that, too. <laughs> yeah it's true and I know I felt like that many, many times and it's it kind of it, it, it goes up and down, right Like I'll have periods where it is important that I'm looking within and I'm doing some deep healing and I'm working with healers and I'm focusing on myself and then I have other periods where it's more of a flow and and things are going and then I know that it will come time to look within again and do that but it's it's it is you have you have to go through the darkness to get to the light and it I, I totally agree that it is a process. <laughs>
1: Yes, that's why I say that healing is a journey, you know, and you need to embrace all parts of that journey, even the rocky parts, because mm-hmm. the end destination is so beautiful that it's worth it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to kind of rewind to that childhood trauma thing here really quickly again, and just kind of like, kind of putting it into perspective, because I know that I, I know I've done a lot of inner child work myself, and yeah. Um, yeah, again, super happy childhood, but there's all kinds of pieces that played into it. And just like kind of as an example, um, I have a sister that's four years younger than me, and I remember one of the things that I had been working through quite a lot is that it's it's okay to have my needs first because just having that that baby around and knowing that okay, well, let's take care of her. Or, you know, if she's upset, I'll let her pull my hair to make her happy. Whatever whatever needs to be done, and it's all of these little things that this this four year old self took on these beliefs that they continue to grow, and I continue to get evidence of them throughout my life. So just kind of putting um, a a bit of a perspective there on what little things can actually cause um, big things later on. Yes,
1: and you know, I also see that quite a bit in my clients is what we call parentification, and that is especially in the bigger families where they have to basically take on a responsible role yes. for younger siblings.
0: Yeah, that, that was me too.
1: <laughs> that is actually not their responsibility. They're way too young. Yeah. And that puts them into that carer role. And like you said, your needs then all of a sudden are always on the back burner. That becomes your normal and later on in life that can cause some real issues, especially when it comes to boundaries.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. Um, my mother had twins whenever I was 13 years old. So I was like, so I had, I have four other siblings. So I was very much just like in this mothering role, always doing stuff. It made me super responsible and super um, um, adaptable to be able to do stuff. So I got lots of great stuff out of it. But then myself becoming a mother, it was just like there was no boundaries of care for self. It took me like 10 years of being a mother before I actually started being able to, okay, you're going to eat because it's important to eat. Like you're going to shower because it's important to shower. Just super simple things like that, that, um, that I had to find my way back to.
1: Absolutely. And the thing is most people don't even realize that it's an issue until it's a huge issue.
0: Yes. Yeah. And then it's again, then you're kind of face the dragons in front of you. So I guess I'm going to deal with this now. (laughs) Yeah. So now, a question that I ask all of my guests: What is a time that you stepped into ascended living? So, really moved and transformed a challenge, struggle into growth, love, or abundance.
1: Well, I've had quite a few of those in my life, but I think probably the most dramatic is surviving a hijacking, kidnapping, and attempted rape at age eight. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Yes, that 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 fits.
1: Yes, so I had a traumatic childhood myself, and then on the actual day that I got my driver's license, because I grew up in South Africa, and we get it at 18 there, mm-hmm. um, I was then, that that evening, hijacked, kidnapped, and almost raped at gunpoint. So um, about a week after that, a friend who hadn't, he didn't realize what had happened to me, Um, I was sitting in my car on a parking lot, and he crept up to my car and hit his hand on my driver window. And I tell you, it felt as if I wanted to jump out of my skin. I had heart palpitations, flashbacks, and I knew, okay, I need to go and seek help because um, those were obviously PTSD symptoms. Yes. And I went to see a psychologist and back then it was of course just talk therapy and that and after I had told him my entire story and also the issues from my childhood, he said to me, Janine I believe your traumatic childhood ended up saving your life Mm. because when the guy had a gun against my head and said take off your clothes, I said to him you're going to have to shoot me first (laughs) And he said, by standing up for myself, because everyone talks about this fight, flight, or freeze, uh, my default setting was fight. And because Mm -hmm. my entire life I've been taught I can only rely on myself, when push came to shove in a life and death situation, I thought, well, if I'm going to die here today, I'm going to stand up for myself. And that really threw the attackers off because they used to people begging, crying, pleading, doing whatever is necessary. This was not part of their script. They didn't know what to do then. And my psychologist back then said, well, that probably saved your life because that threw them off. That's powerful. And that was the first time ever that I felt any shred of gratitude for my traumatic childhood.
0: Absolutely. And probably a little bit of personal power too.
1: Yes. Because that resilience that I had accumulated or developed in my childhood really kicked in and helped me when I needed it and of course eventually led me to this path because I then knew at some point, I want to be a therapist and I want to specialize in trauma and I want to work with women.
0: Oh, that's pow- it's so powerful. And that's, I, I love, well, not that I love that story, but I love the transformation of it and how it, it's not something that dragged you down and kind of put you into a certain a spiral. It, it lifted you up as you're processing it and is now... Um, allowing you to effectively help other people. So that's really powerful. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. So what are you working on right now? And I will put some links in the show notes below here. But what are you working on right now? And where can listeners go to find you online?
1: Well, I've just last week developed a freebie that I would like to offer your listeners Mm -hmm. that is all about visibility trauma. And when you feel that being visible, especially in trying to promote your business or that, that that doesn't feel safe to you. So I will um, give you a link for that. And I also have a support group, a private support group on Facebook called Freedom from Trauma and PTSD. And I would warmly invite any woman that is looking for sisterhood, a safe space, You know, there's a lot of high-vibe women in there who are not victims. They Mm also don't dwell in that victim energy. Yes, there's a big difference there. (laughs) Oh, a huge difference. Even though bad things have happened to them, they know who they are and who they want to be. Because Mm. at the end of the day, that is a choice.
0: Yes, totally agree.
1: So I would invite anyone that would be interested to join that. And of course on Facebook and I have my business page and I also have my website, which is just my name.com. Exactly. Awesome.
0: So yeah, I'm definitely going to um, include those in the show notes below and I encourage everybody uh, to check it out. And at the very minimum, join the Facebook group and feel into um, how that can support you for sure. So, Now, as we're wrapping up, is there anything else that you feel our listeners should know? What
1: I would like every woman to
0: know is that
1: regardless of her past, when you are willing to do the inner work, you can make that just one page of your story. The rest of the chapters, you get to write yourself.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to check out practicalascension.com for your free membership, access to guided journeys, energy healings, activations, and more to deepen your practical ascension experience. And grab that all in the show notes below. Have an amazing day.